Hello, this is UCC 98.3 FM. I am AJ Whelan. Uh, so, Falcha, welcome. This is uh, Vinyls and Vibes with AJ Whelan. For the next hour, I will be giving you uh, a healthy mixture of two worlds, Spotify and vinyl. So, uh, this show brings a mixture of, as I said, vinyls and Spotify, uh, the best of both worlds. Uh, February, this month, obviously, if you haven't been paying attention, we're already in February, I know. Uh, it marks Black History Month. So today I decided to only play black artists. And I've actually, this, this show in particular, I have been uh, planning since early December. Because uh, right in the, early, in the beginning of December, I got really into the blues. When I was younger, I was massively into uh, Steve Ray Vaughan. Uh, and I, ne- I didn't, never really clicked that it was blues because at the time it was just, oh, this is music. And uh, usually when, when I'm listening to songs, I usually do uh, fills in my head in between music, which I realised only in December that what I was doing in my head was I was doing blues fills in songs. Not my own songs, like if I was listening to a song, I'd do a fill in my head. But I just fell in love with the music and the stories that came out of each artist within the blues, like B.B. King, Albert King, uh, Freddie King, The Three Kings, Muddy Waters, Hound Dog Taylor, uh, uh, Howlin' Wolf. Like from the beginning, from Robert Johnson onwards, it's just... Oh, I was watching a multi-series documentary uh, produced by Martin Scorsese there about the blues. Uh, and in this particular episode, it followed Chuck D uh, of Pop- Public Enemy. Uh, he, he visited Chicago and he told the story of how he got into the blues. And in particular, he's, uh, he loves uh, this album by Muddy Waters called Electric Mud, which if, if, you, want, if you want to listen to it, one blues album, and that's to just listen to that. It's just, it, it is electric and it's a brilliant album. And uh, Muddy, uh, Chuck D said, uh, if you map out black history in the 20th century, what you're actually just doing is mapping the history of black people, and sorry, history of blues. So if you map out the history of black people in the 20th century, you get the history of the blues, which I think is brilliant. So uh, I've decided, well, why don't I just do that? So now uh, this this next hour is just going to be the history of the blues, but we're going to start off in the blues. I mean, we are not going to end in the blues because you will see why uh, everything transitions. We're going to start off on the turntable with a... Uh, this song called Rambling On My Mind, which is from the 1930s by a guy called Robert Johnson. I'll let, I'll let it play and then uh, I'll come back to you with a few stories about it. This is Rambling, Rambling On My Mind. Yes, I 
So you're probably wondering, what what the hell did I just put on? Like, why did why was I listening to something that sounded really bad quality first of all, and sounded ancient, and just sounded like the most basic thing ever? Well, I'm gonna, all I'm going to say is this: okay, there had to be a Robert Johnson. Without Robert Johnson, you would not have modern rock. You wouldn't have modern blues. You wouldn't have the progression of uh, most blues in the in the 40s and 50s and 60s. You wouldn't have anything. And this man. Uh, if he wasn't real, someone would have made him up. And I, I, I cannot exaggerate that enough. So l- let me put it into perspective. First of all, what might capture your attention the most, he was the founding member of the 27 Club. Okay, there we go. Have I, have I reeled you in yet? Uh, he sold his soul to the devil. And uh, he sold his soul to the devil and, and he got these amazing blues power left. So one year, I can't, I'm not sure about any years because it's, it's all very hazy. Uh, there's an amazing documentary on Netflix called A Deal, uh, Devil at the Crossroads uh, that does his whole life start to finish. Even he goes, it interviews his grandchild, his son and his grandchild. Well, his son, uh, mainly his grandchildren, but yeah, his uh, interviews his family members and it's just, it's brilliant. So uh, his first member of 27 Club, he was massively into uh these blues artists. He's from uh, the, the Delta, Mississippi. Uh, he was mashed into these blues artists that were playing in all these clubs, but he couldn't play guitar. He wasn't that good at guitar. He tried playing, like he was sitting in the front row and he was playing along with them, which really irritated them and he got kicked out of the bar one day. And he came back a year later and he was playing this music. Now, if you listen to the blues and you hear like that dun, 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 dun. You probably know, oh, that, that's the most basic blues. When he came back after disappearing for a year, this was the first time anyone heard it, the blues. This is in the 1930s now. Is he came back playing, like the people at the time in the bar were just jaw, their jaws were hanging. Sunhouse. Sunhouse was the guy's name. He loved his artist called Sunhouse. And he came back a year later after Sunhouse kicked him out uh, and he just blew his mind away. He was just... So in that year, he said that he wrote, he made a deal with the devil. He sold his soul to the devil, and he came back with his amazing gift. But what actually happened was a uh, uh, he bumped into this guy, this guy called Ike uh, Ike Zinnemann. So Ike Zinnemann uh, is another black black man. Uh, he taught him how to play get, uh, 
proper blues. Like he showed him how to play, to use the guitar like the way he wanted to use it. So if you're listening to, uh, I'll give you an example. If you're listening to this song, Eric, when Eric Clapton first heard the song, Keith Richards, uh, Eric, when Eric Clapton first heard this song, he, uh, his friend put it on to him because there's hundreds and thousands of bootlegs of this. He's like, oh, who's this playing? He asked his mate who showed him and he goes, oh, that's Robert Johnson. He goes, okay, who's the guy next to him? And there wasn't a guy next to him because it sounds like there's two people playing. So you have one guy on rhythm and you have another guy doing all the fancy stuff. But it's actually just Johnson doing everything by himself because he had these massive hands and he could just play the guitar like that and it's just, it's brilliant. He was able to, with, with few fingers, just do the bass line and Dun, 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 dun. and then the other part of his hand he was able to do all these amazing licks further down the fretboard and it's just outstanding and but uh, he would practice with Ike Zinnemann in graveyards sitting on tombstones just playing guitar for a year straight uh, no, not a year you know what I mean like every day for a year and he came back with these amazing skills but sadly uh, he now he also had a tragic life before after all this uh, he was he had a wife and a child, and his wife and child went up the up the Delta to uh, her grandmother's house to get married. And they, they, she got she, they, he couldn't afford to trade up, so they got her the train to go up to her grandmother's house. And he fo- he walked along the the train track and followed him up, and he would play guitar. He bought the guitar with him, and he played guitar and stopped and played guitar because it was a few days of trip. But when he got up there, his wife and child both died in labour. But he's but the family didn't see it as oh you couldn't come because you couldn't afford to train up they saw it they saw it because you you took your time playing the blues you, you were playing the devil's music because at the time the the blues was the devil's music so if you saw that if you're playing the devil's music then you were outcasted and he was outcasted by everyone uh he wasn't actually allowed to see his son uh when he I and mean, when he married again or he i'm not sure he married but he definitely got back into uh with, with someone else and had a had a son uh, and he wasn't allowed to see that son ever because the grandfather prohibited it because he played the devil's music, and that, it's it's talked about in the documentary. Uh, but he did he was a womanizer because he just he kept just playing guitar and drinking in pubs and playing, and uh, but he got eventually it all caught up to him when he uh, he was with the one the wrong woman and he was poisoned, and uh, he's uh, and killed and it's, it was like uh, they described it it it, all, it only fed into his legend because the way he died it was he died like he was howling like a like a, a demon from hell and uh uh so that just adds to his he, dev, devil deal with the devil so uh i'm gonna play another song for you this is called crossroad blues uh this is one of his trademark songs it's a brilliant song he's all on spotify if you want to listen to him uh in 1990s sony released every single recording it's only about 40 29 songs but 42 recordings so some has to take one take one take two and there's hundreds of bootlegs but when sony released it in 1990 they, they expected maybe 20,000 sales but this cd's box set sold over a million and it was a uh, rightly so because it's a brilliant piece of work so i'm going to go back again and this is a uh, uh, crossroad blues by robert johnson and then let's gonna let it come in oh there it is
That was Robert Johnson, uh, Crossville Blues. So if you're listening, if you're listening there and you like what you're hearing, I'm putting all uh, everything I'm playing up onto my uh, Spotify playlist, which is called AJ's Jukebox. Everything you hear and everything you have heard uh, will be on that album, on that album, on that album, that uh, that playlist on Spotify. Uh, so I'm going to jump forward about 16 years after he died, so 1938. We're going to be now in 1954. Uh, we're going to jump over from Delta, which is in Mississippi, and mainly Bible Basher states to Chicago and now we have uh, Chuck Wa- Chucky, Chucky D's Chuck D's uh, from Public Enemies uh, How We Got Into Music this is uh, Muddy Waters I'm Your Hoochie Coochie Man this Before is I was born, Muddy Waters You got a boy child coming Gonna be a son of a gun He gonna make pretty women's Jump in shout then the world wanna know what this all about. But you know I'm here. Everybody knows I'm here. Wait on that hoochie coochie man. Everybody knows I'm here. I got a black cat bone. I got a mojo too. I got the Johnny Conquer root. I'm gonna mess with you. I'm gonna make you girls. Leave me by my hand. Then the world will know.
Only seven hours Only seven days Only seven months The seven doctors said He was born for good luck And that you see I got seven hundred dollars And don't you mess with me But you love I'm your Hoochie Coochie Man by Muddy Waters, which came out in 1954. So I'm going to jump from Muddy, Muddy Waters back to, uh, well, not back to, but forward a small bit, just a small bit again. Uh, just four more forward, f- four years forward to 1958. So we have uh, Chuck Berry. So the, the, the father of rock and roll, his distinctive style and distinctive sound. Last week I talked about uh, how Chuck Berry influenced uh, Johnny, not Johnny Good, how he influenced uh Muddy Waters influenced Chuck Berry to join Chess Records in in Chicago, uh, and his first hit was in the same year as actually 1954 was Maybelline, uh, which came out only which is a single first and then came out on his uh, Berries on Top uh, album in 1958, which I'm going to play for you now. So up next is uh, Chuck Berry, the father of rock and roll, uh, influenced to many people. This is Maybelline. So 
that was Maybelline by Chuck Berry who came out in 1954 as a first, first hit single and then that's off the 1958 album Berry is on top uh, which also had uh, the next song I'm going to play which is uh, you, you're going to know it uh, so if, if you're probably thinking that that wasn't blues it absolutely was if you think if you listen to the bass line it's just blues it's, it's just sped up so you can hear now blues is slowly transitioning into a uh, rock and roll don't worry I know I oh, know you're not worrying don't worry I will be coming back with blues next but right now I'm going to stick with the Chuck Berry uh, I'm don't have to say I don't have to say much about this next song because you definitely know it uh, this is Donny Be Good Johnny Be Good by Chuck Berry, a brilliant song. Uh, it was made famous again by, uh, uh, in the f- 80s? 80s, yeah, by Back to the Future. Uh, you, I definitely knew it from there. That was the first time I heard it. Well, that was the first time I consciously heard it. Uh, I know it's, it's always in the background of some movie somewhere. It's brilliant. I love that song, the bit. Uh, so now I'm going to go forward. Actually, sorry, no, it's amazing. That was 1958, and in 1938, uh, we had... Robert Johnson's death. So in the space of 20 years, there's a massive, and I mean massive, jump in music. Probably more, a bigger jump in music in those 20 years than any 20 years previous. It's just un- unbelievable what happened. After Robert Johnson's music got out, it just, 
is this blast music everyone was like wanted to play this this style and then bang blues was getting big and now we have uh, Chuck Berry finding the the roots of a Chuck Berry wasn't the first you had like Big Joe Turner as well was also a massive uh, blues player uh, but uh, but uh, he was labelled as blues, but what he was really doing was rock and roll. But it was before rock and roll was rock and roll, so he, and so it's different. So now I'm going to play my favourite artist, uh, blues artist, and one of my favourite artists of all time. Uh, it is BB King. I let you live in my penthouse You said it was just a shack King Electric. Oh, I love that song so much. That was uh, a song called How Blue Can You Get? Which was, it. He, he, this is a cover from 1949. Uh, that was live at the Regal in 1965. And it's just, oh, it's ju- I just love it. It's just every time that I listen to the song, it gives me chills. And it's, it's very, like a lot of the blues, if you want, if you want some, something depressing, 
li lyrically depressing but upbeat, you go to the blues. If you want something stupid but upbeat, go to the blues. If you want the reverse of what I just said, go back to the blues. The blues has everything. If you have, if you want a song about uh, get someone stealing your wig, you go back to Hound Dog Taylor. If you want to go to someone about a oh there's a flood in Texas, go to Steve Ray Vaughan. If you want to go. I don't know, something progressively blues, but like still blues, you want to go to Eric Clapton. It's just like it massive. And also have like, if you want to go to my home, you want to, if, you, if you're feeling homesick, you go to back to Muddy Waters. It's just, I know I'm, I'm listening to the same ads over and over again, but I'm just gonna, I'm going to stick to what I know. Uh, so BB King is just, oh, he, the great introduction I think anyone has ever got was when BB King performed live in the, in the 70s in on Beale Street. Uh, he got, ladies and gentlemen, the chairman of the board, BB King, and then bang, and they came in. It was simple, short, and sweet. It was brilliant. He's the king of the blues. Uh, so he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in '87, uh, and he's just—he's an amazing stage performer. Like in 1956 alone, he did 342 shows, which is unbelievable. He was born on a cotton plantation in uh, Mississippi, uh, which is on the Delta, in 1925, and he started his career in radio which is uh, in the WDIA in uh, Mississippi. And it's just, it's oh, I just love his music so much. In 1970, he performed uh, that song as well, as long as there's a full album on his Spotify uh, in Cook Jail. So it was a year after, uh, a year after uh, Johnny Cash performed in, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of the prison. I'm not going to say, I'm going to get it wrong. Johnny, Johnny Cash performed in prison and then the next year, uh, B.B. King performed in Cook County Jail and he had an amazing song. Now, the, the the crowd isn't always with him and it was the warden who asked him to play. He wasn't exactly trying to uh, copy Johnny Cash. He was asked by the warden to play. He said, yeah. And in recent years, in last few years of his life, he was actually a, a massive advocate of uh, prison reform, which is, uh, you know, he was never in prison, but he did, he was an advocate for changing prisons and stuff like that. Because in America, there is always like the prison system is kind of uh, corrupt and stuff. So I'm not going to get into that though. Uh, he was the first bluesman to tour the Soviet Union and he did that in 1979 and he was the first bluesman to enter the pop mainstream so he was just extremely progressive uh, so I'm, I'm going to play my favourite song of his after this next one I'm going to go back to the the turntable now uh, I'm going to just set it, up, set it up first so in 2012 he died in 2016 he, so he would have been uh, 91, 91 years old but in 2012 he performed uh, with Buddy Guy and uh, Jeff Beck and Mick Jagger and a few other artists in the White House. He performed uh, a song called Sweet Home Chicago, which was written by Robert Johnson. So it, all, <laughs> it always goes back to Robert Johnson. And actually, if you watch it on YouTube, Obama actually gets in and sings, which is pretty cool. He's not, he's not the worst singer in the world, but he's, uh, he isn't exactly comfortable what he's doing, but he hides it well. But uh, he, So here he is with the, with the, the president. So now I'm going to play you a song of him complaining about the president back in 1983. This is off his uh, Celebration album. His birthday album, which uh, came, it's called uh, uh, Blues and Jazz is the name of the album. So this is Inflation Blues, which is track number one on the album. I hope you enjoy.
That was Inflation Blues by B.B. King in that 1983 Blues and Jazz album. Jazz and Blues? Blues and Jazz. Jazz and Blues. Blues and Jazz, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I was going to play his next song, The Thrill Is Gone, but I have quite a lot planned. So I'm going I'm to go and give a little bit of female representation. I haven't uh, forgot about the 
the women of uh, the black of black history. It'd be wrong if I did. There's amazing stuff in here. Uh, so uh, I'm going to play one of my favourite singers of all time, and I, I mean that. I think her voice is amazing. This is she learned. This is Aretha Franklin. She learned to play piano by listening to the jazz when she was young. This is amazing. She's a this next song is 1960, 1970, uh, Son of a Preacher Man. That was 1970s Son of a Preacher Man by Aretha Franklin, just an amazing piece of music. So in 1969, uh, Woodstock uh, happened, but a few miles away, a few miles away in Detroit, there was this thing called the uh, uh, 
uh, Harlem Culture Fest Festival. There's a Disney Plus documentary on it uh, that it's just, it's like amazing. It was an, it was like Woodstock, but just for black people with black music. And it was, it was amazing. It was free entry because it was in the middle of a park. And with six weeks, six weekends, there would be amazing artists coming on. Like one weekend, you'd have uh, Sister Mathalia uh, Jackson, Sly and the Family Stole. And the next weekend, you could have B.B. Uh, King and Stevie Wonder. It was genuinely it was like a it was lovely it was amazing there's a brilliant documentary on online on uh, Disney Plus because all the it was recorded but the footage was uh, kept away and not released for like 50 odd years so now it is available uh, so Stephen Wonder as I'm going to play Stephen Wonder next uh, his song Superstitions coming up next uh, from 1972 but he was a child prodigy and by prodigy I mean prodigy like he was by the time he was uh uh, 12 he had 3 albums out so that's all I'm going to say he's also a massive advocate for Ma- Martin Luther King's birthday to be a national holiday uh, and he performed at this festival and in, in his teens but by then he was already a, a musical veteran so this is uh, uh, Superstition 1972 by Steve Wonder
I'm going to fade that out now so I can get on to my... Because I'm, I'm stuck for time and I have a lot planned for the show. I have 15 minutes left and I have a... Uh, well, there seems to be some sort of now sound coming out of New York. Uh, I don't know. I let's, let's, let's check it out.
That was the man himself, Jimi Hendrix. That was an unbelievable few minutes there of uh, just voodoo child's slight return. Uh, so he was born in 1942 in Seattle, uh, and he was uh, he went from orphanage to orphanage. Uh, he's actually, fun fact, he, in, he was a paratrooper in the military for some time. So he had a, but in 1964, he moved to Harlem, and he got a gig in the back of the Isley Brothers. And actually, Keith Richards' girlfriend, uh, Linda Keith, noticed him playing in 1966 in New York and referred him to a guy called Chas Chandler, who was the ex-Animal's bassist. And so he... Chandler became his uh, manager which was bittersweet because at the time it was pretty cool because he got his manager but then the manager uh, roughed him over uh, and then so then later on in life he was uh, in 1968 he was in London with $20 to his name and his manager flew off with all his money to the Bahamas so bittersweet there uh, so Jimi Hendrix Jimi Hendrix experience is the Mitch Mitchell Jimi Hendrix and Noel Redding that's the three and they were banned uh, and the later years, Mitch Mitchell actually moved down to Clonakilty, and you'd have like people like Bob Dylan coming down and uh, you pictures of him in the in the bars in Clonakilty because he came down to play with with uh, Mitch Mitchell. It was pretty cool, and he was the first uh, black guitar player to ever recognised uh, from a, like a major white audience. Like after Chuck Berry, like uh, uh, Hendrix was like massively recognised all over the world and like in England, in mainly England and America, but he did do very well for himself. After Mass- after uh, Martin Luther King was assassinated in New York in. Uh, 66 I believe I really don't want to get that, that date right that wrong uh, Hendrix was actually doing gigs at the time but he was, he was a massive advocate for love and peace and stuff so he thought there was going to be massive rights in his uh, in his shows but sadly, thankfully there wasn't but he was very paranoid at the time he was known for his uh, his stage presence he used teeth instead of uh, to play the guitar he'd uh, he would he be like I don't know what to note out here. <laughs> Behind lead, whatever that means. Just had a maze. Of, uh, he sacrificed his guitar, set them on fire, and uh, but in finally in his final years, he was he he'd burn out, and uh, he had the highest expectations. Uh, the drugs, the politics, and the pressure just got to him, and he uh, he passed away uh, after choking on his own uh, vomit, sadly. Uh, but in night in he had four albums across three or four years, and. It's just all the stuff is amazing. You you can't find a bad Jimi Hendrix song. It's just uh, all of it from start to finish is amazing. So I have five minutes left. I'm gonna try and squeeze two five minute songs into that five minutes. So I'm gonna take another another leap forward into the nineties with a I I really can't have black a black history show without uh, Tupac. I know I, I me talking about Tupac is not gonna go, but I'm, I'm not I'm not the biggest into gangster rap. I'm not the biggest into rap full stop. But I just like I don't I think most of Tupac's work is a uh, is universal. So this is uh, a Tupac in 1995 became the first ever artist to reach number one while incarcerated. Fun fact. So this is uh, Keep Your Head Up. Uh, I will try and squeeze in one song after this. So just keep your head up. For my godson Elijah and little girl named Corinne. Some say the black of the bed, the sweet of the juice. I say the dark of the flesh and the deep of the roots. I give a holler to my sister's own welfare. Tupac kids, if don't nobody else care. And uh, I know they like to beat you down a lot. When you come around the block, brothers clown a lot. But please don't cry, dry your eyes, never let up. Forgive, but don't forget, girl, keep your head up. And when he tells you you ain't nothing, don't believe him. And if you can't learn to love you, you should leave him. Cause sister, you don't need and I ain't trying to gash up, I just call them how I see. You know what makes me unhappy? that? When brothers make mates and leave a young mother to be a hat. And since we all came from a woman, got her name from a woman, and I came from a woman. 
I wonder why we take from our women, why we rape our women, do we hate our women? I think it's time to kill for our women, time to heal our women, be real to our women. And if we don't, we'll have a race of babies that will hate the ladies that make the babies. And since a man can't make one, he has no right to tell a woman when and where to create one. So will the real men get up? I know you're fed up, ladies. Thank the Lord for my kids, even if nobody else wants them. Cause I think we can make 